What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this edition of Hi-Fi Hour. I am here with Clayton Stroop with the group City Wolf that I've recently discovered and am super, super excited about. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's cool. And you're coming to us from California, right? Live from Rockland, California, the uh, nice. beautiful Sacramento suburbs. Yeah, I, actually, I used to live in uh, Roseville, so you probably... Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I was a little kid. So yeah, wow. NorCal is definitely near and dear to my heart. But I know you've you've experienced both SoCal and NorCal. So oh yeah, you, I think you picked the 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 better one out of the two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's still it's you know you you have to near you have to almost be a a millionaire to buy a house in California anywhere decent. So it's like you know I always Dude. I joke I said my parents like once you guys kick the bucket. I'm out of here, you know, moving to Texas or something. Bro, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm in Colorado now and the prices out here aren't much better. And oh. it's, yeah, because I, 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 what, go ahead. I think it's happening is well, you have a lot of people are leaving California. Mm-hmm. Um, like you saw in the, in the election, Texas was way closer than it usually is. And they say that's because it's so many California transplants have come out there and shifted the, you know. Sure. Well, I, I lived in Austin for a little bit and Dallas uh, when I went to college and um, Austin, dude, for music, yeah. Austin is insane. And I'm sure you've been to uh, all their their huge uh, South by Southwest and all that yeah. stuff. So, yeah. um, well, for the audience that is just meeting you for the first time today, and I know I, I'm hoping a lot of your your fan base will be watching this as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your like where, where did it all begin? You know, I. Uh, where did it all begin for you musically? When I, I mean, I grew up, you know, my dad's a, is a uh, old school, you know, hard rocker, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up listening to like the Foreigner, Bad Company, um, you know, your Led Zeppelin, Rush, um, all that good stuff. And so um, that kind of early on, I think at least vocally kind of shaped what I've thought a singer sounded like and how they emoted and how they moved on stage, you know? And then when I was, um, God, was I in third grade or fourth grade? I, I got into uh, musical theater mm-hmm. and um, kind of learned technically how to sing, you know, obviously my voice was different then and, and uh, much higher. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I learned from um, a great teacher and her husband uh, Kevin and Melinda Lassett and they I remember her putting books on my stomach and showing me how to breathe you know from the stomach how to project you, you know mm-hmm. and um so I, I carried that with me and then I I, I didn't it was it wasn't really until college when um I met up very randomly in Santa Barbara I met up with um Scott Jason who was the other co-founding member of uh thriving ivory or what would be thriving ivory and we just started making these little demos together and um just little programmed songs you know uh and kind of felt like we had something good going you know we'd play them for the girls in the dorm and you know or like hey, you know um of course that was our initial motive right absolutely uh, <laughs> and um yeah, man. I mean, we just kind of went door to door looking for a guitar player and we found Drew, who was our guitar player, working in the coffee shop. We had a little flyer, you know, mm-hmm. Paul was our drummer. We put up flyers and he ripped off the flyer and called, you know, and um, so it's very or- organic. And the band, we, we played in Santa Barbara and then we played down in L.A. Um, and we eventually moved uh, back up to the Bay Area. And that's where we uh, uh, um, initially got on the radio. Um Live 105 out of uh, San Francisco started playing um, Angel, a song called Angels on the Moon, which would end up being kind of our single. And that's the song that got us a, eventually a record deal um, with Wind Up Records. And uh, at the time, they had um, had Creed and Evanescence. And so we were kind of their first kind of pop rock uh, band. And, and so... And we did fairly well. You know, we had um, a couple songs on the radio and um, music videos on VH1 and all that. And we toured for lo- lots of years, you know, Austin. Mm-hmm. I remember where we played a place called La Zona Rosa in Austin. I don't think it's there anymore. 
That sounds familiar, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember playing there with Switchfoot. Um, oh, dude, that's th- those are some awesome people to be rubbing elbows with, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. We, I mean, that's one cool thing is you know you as a younger band, you know, you get to open up and and play with all these, you know, we play with Train and the script, uh, Lifehouse. Um, you know, we were kind of in that genre, you know. Um, and so, yeah, we did that for years and, um, you know, it, not to say it's like the classic band story, but it's like, you know, um, personalities, you know, friction, you know, we, we, we kind of ended up everybody, well, a lot of things happened at once, you know, the label kind of dissolved. Um, my son was born when I was 28 mm-hmm. and it, and we were kind of in this limbo place. You're in the band. You're like kind of not really making money. Like if, if I was a single guy, I probably could have ridden it out. You, you know, right. Uh, my son was born and it's kind of like, all right, you know, it's time to get a real job. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, you know, the other, the other guys kind of went off and did their own thing and, um, what you know a few years went by um and what ended up happening was um but my current management team is Littman Entertainment and um Jeremy Lopez is partners with Nick Nick Littman Nick Littman and his father Michael Littman manage Matchbox 20 and uh Rob Thomas they managed George Michael before he passed away and um Jeremy had been a fan of Thriving Ivory years prior, and he had mm-hmm. come to those and stuff. And then in the the gap when Thriving Ivory stopped, he then got into management, and worked his way up. So he reached out to to me, and we formed a, a bond. And he started managing me, and um, that's kind of when the City Wolf thing started. Um, and the angle that I I came at it was because I was all working a whole other job at the same time and he and he took me into um the office of a a, a publishing publishing licensing firm in, in la called position music mm-hmm. and they're one of the big dogs down there in la and um my original goal was to um write original stuff as city wolf with with the intent of you know life for licensing and um and and whatnot and uh they played me a couple tracks in in the office of bands that do well in that arena you know stuff you hear on netflix or any commercial you hear has got the oh oh, oh, oh," you know uh like the rag and bone you know got stuff and grandson and i listened to it i was like man i i I can do that you know and i i kind of heard the way they were singing and i was like yeah that's kind of how i sing naturally anyway so I, I did did a first record and, and um, you know came up with the name City Wolf and uh, that's kind of how it it all started. That that first record was with a, a place called Riptide Music Group down in LA and um, with them you know I got a, um, some cool placements on Netflix and um, Hulu and Marvel and stuff and um, a couple some cool Call of Duty trailer promos which got me some serious points with my uh, nine-year-old of course well the 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 main single that i have been enjoying the most is give me glory and that that is like an anthem for greatness you know what i'm saying like you have created an anthem for greatness (laughs) i think that's that's a that's a song that anybody that's either in in sports or or in any kind of competitive hobby can yeah. rally behind and be like, this is, this is my anthem. I'm, I'm coming in, you know, into the ring with this, with this song, you know? Heck yeah. So, so yeah, you did really well with that. And honestly, the whole EP is f- fantastic. You know, you know how you, you come across sometimes an album that you're like, you can, you like the band, you like a song or a couple songs and then the rest is kind of filler and, and it's okay. But yeah. with yeah. this EP that you released, I was like, every song was a banger. Thanks, and man. I'm like, boom, boom, um, boom, nailed I'm, it. I'm excited for you to hear the stuff this year. Um, so that song, Gimme Glory, which which is pretty, that's pretty new. That that was late November, I think. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I just, that was something I, I had done. Um, I did that with a, uh, awesome producer named Tyler Ewing. And he's, a, he's in Nashville, I think, but he does, I met him through a different company and he does most of the theme music for like American Ninja Warrior and, um, Titan games. Okay. So I was like, so he's got his finger on the pulse. Like he sent me the track because sometimes I'll, if I'm working with a producer, they'll, they'll kind of send me a rough track and I'll just write to that. Okay. And uh, he sent me the track and, and you know, with, with the, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, he sent me the track and I was like, dude, this is, this is badass. And so we just, I wrote to that. And, um, but the stuff that's for the past year, I've been working on a, um, a full a record, an eight song record for position music um, with my friend and he's an awesome rapper named Easy McCoy. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're going to have some rap vocal hook back and forth between me and him. And it, it, it's crazy. Um, you do have a couple songs that I heard with with a rapper. Um what was his name um panther panther Panther. yes yeah Uh, yeah that was the first my first kind of dipping my toe into it um i would say this stuff with easy is is much more organic and and um more up your alley and kind of what we were talking about um right it's gonna come out in march okay and then um Late last year, I started working with um, Tim Myers. Who he's was one of the co-founder members of One Republic. Oh wow! And he's a he, in his own right, is a, a massive producer and writer in the sync world. Okay. And we got together, and um, it's crazy with Corona right now and everything. Um, but you know, I've got my setup right here, and he said, you know, I'm recording vocals and he's editing them we send it back and forth and uh those tracks are even crazier i I think i think that you're gonna i think you're gonna be pleasantly surprised oh you know i'll I'll send you a couple unreleased i I appreciate that dude i'm I'm really i'm just really digging your vibe because uh you and i come from you're i believe one year older than me um and because i I read your i read your bio uh i had to do my research before i interviewed you (laughs) so we grew up with very similar uh, I, I guess uh, genres of music. Um, I, I feel like I discovered Lincoln Park because in, at my high school, I went to high school in Temecula in Southern California. Yeah. And uh, dude, I, nobody was listening to listen Lincoln Park. Everybody was all about Limp Biscuit, you know, uh, you know, Three Doors Down, stuff like that. Yeah. And I and I feel like I discovered them. You know, I'm like just like I'm I just like I'm, I just discovered you. You know. And then um, I started listening to them and showing my friends, and then all of a sudden, within like a week or two, Lincoln Park was everywhere. Yeah. And I the time Everlast was getting big and, and all that stuff. Right. And I mean, you know, those times and uh, yeah, like the music, I feel like music back then was so good, you yeah. know? And then we went through, I think up until 2010 music was just badass, you know, cause then that three days grace came out, uh, you know, uh, shine down all those guys. Chevelle remember Chevelle. Yeah. Um, Shine down. So, oh, I got a funny story for you, actually. So uh, the guitar player from um, Shine Down was, you know, a friend, kind of acquaintance of ours, and he liked Thriving Ivory. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, you, we play these festivals and stuff, and and uh, we don't we don't really have control over the order of when you come on. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it would be so inappropriate. Like we played Memphis in May, and I remember it was it was us shine down and then corn and and for anybody who wants to go and listen to thriving ivory we basically didn't belong on that bill right, <laughs> you right. know? it's uh i remember coming onto the stage and there's like ten thousand people and like we're carrying our pianos up there and i remember seeing their faces just like what you know well i think thriving ivory had a very uh maroon five feel to it yeah kind of kind of not as hard and, and gritty as city wolf is now no, but, no, but you guys but the vocals were still there you know your vocals are flawless you know and you have one of those voices that it's very recognizable sure um, yeah. kind of like you know how you listen to muse uh you can not know you're listening oh, yeah. to Muse, but you know you're listening to muse because of his voice for sure 
same scenario, dude. You you have this this voice about you that that is very recognizable. And I hope actually after after our um, our interview here, we I can you know kind of preview for my audience uh, one of your songs. For sure. And, and kind of show them what you're all about. So for anybody watching, stay till the end and then I'll go ahead and uh, do a a uh, preview of, of probably give me glory because that's my favorite right now. But um, so let's talk about the, the current situation we're in. I think this is kind of a cool time for people to get creative, don't you think? Well, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, it's kind of has forced everybody inward. Mm-hmm. Um and for me, um, like I said, it's been pretty cool to be able to work kind of long distance with, with these, with these producers, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, it, and it also I think kind of forces you inward. I think maybe people are hopefully over the past year have been a little bit more like reflective of themselves and, um, kind of looking inward, you know? we're all sitting home alone, you know, I, you know, I don't know how, well, California is way more restrictive. Um, right. Well, do you feel the lack of shows has really, really hit a dent in the industry? Do you think, do you think the lack that of, of the ability to go to a venue or go to a, a big show, uh, is that really detrimental to the music industry? Or do you feel that the fact that we, we now have so many streaming options, right. That, it, it's kind of people are just kind of waiting for their time to go to the shows. Yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's, it's, it sucked, you know? Um, sure. I had tickets to go see ZZ top with my dad in oh, October. No. Right. Um, right. but I, I think what's going to happen, I think this year, hopefully fingers crossed when we come out of this and they open the doors, I think there's going to be a freaking explosion. But like, I, I, I think people are going to be going to shows. People are going to be going outside. People are going to be buying stuff, you know, um, just because they can now go on, go and play. And, and so I think you're going to see like a crazy resurgence, you know. Mm-hmm. And, for, and for me, it's cool because I feel like this past year, it's been like prep, like battle prep. Like I'm getting my <laughs> getting my songs ready. I'm getting this, you know. Um, so. Do you, you enjoy touring? It's one of those catch 22 things. I mean, I, I, I look back on it and for a lot of years, I mean, it, it sucked. Like we were in a, a, a van towing our gear, um, driving hundreds and thousands of miles, you know, not making any money. You show up to a venue in Odessa, Texas, and there's two people there. One's the bartender, one's the bouncer. Oh, you God. Know? And, um, but there is something that I always kind of miss about being on the go and traveling, always having another destination. Mm -hmm. Um, I miss that. Um, and I I love performing. I mean, the, the, you know, um, I do, I miss that, but what would happen inevitably what would happen is like two or three weeks would go by and then I'd be like, dang, I'm, I'm, I'm beat. I want to get back. And then I would get back and then a week would go by and it'd be like, man, I want to get back out there. You know? So it's, I read in an interview that you did, um, that you, you, uh, you, uh, you, it's really a a good experience for you to be in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people. However, you have an issue with the mic stand. I read somewhere that you chipped your tooth with a mic, with the mic stand. Yeah. So look, so I, I now will only ever, Use a tripod because my which one is it? Oh, it's my my left front tooth. Yeah. Um, the circle base stands. You know, I move around a lot and stuff, and I would kind of lean it forward or whatever. And then one time I leaned it forward, and then I stepped on the back of it, and it swung back in my face. Oh and, god! And chipped my tooth, and I chipped that tooth twice. Um, Dude. And so yeah. <laughs> then I just kind of I just kind of covered my mouth for a second and held the mic out to the crowd. You know. <laughs> No. Um, oh no, yeah. dude. That's just you know, it's part of the the entertainment gig, right? Battle scars, man. Battle scars. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I, I read also uh, previously that you um, want to do collaborations with people outside of your your general genre, which I feel that you've accomplished with City Wolf already. Um, is there anything 
and I don't know if you want to give away too much because I know that it's coming out in March. However, do you, is there something or someone or a group or anything that you're really looking forward to to working with or want to work with? I mean, um, yeah, cr- crossing over and, cl- and collaborating it, uh, with a with a, a, a rapper was always something I wanted to do. And then meeting e- Easy McCoy we just kind of gelled and we, and, and you'll hear in March, we we're going back and forth and it, and it, and it just works. Um, I would, I, I would love to collaborate with just with a badass like female singer, you know, like somebody not like cutesy indie folk where they like kind of sing somebody that like belts it like a pink or, or um, somebody like that. You know, I, I think that would be cool. I think you would be a good dynamic with like an Avril Lavigne. Yeah, that, that that would be a good dynamic, I think for sure. I, I think she's gotten a lot more aggressive with her vocals over the years, and has grown into into and evolved. And that's another thing: the evolution of music. Now, um, I'll be frank with you i I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the rap that's available now. Yeah, uh, I don't like how it, it's evolved, and sure. I feel like oh, you mean like mumble, kind of the mumble rap stuff. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Well, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised because it. When we're done here, go listen to Easy McCoy. That okay. is not, that's not how he raps at all. He's like in your face, um, and most of his lyrical, his concepts and his content too is just is about like being a badass and like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he uh, he's all he's all over the place. He. Um, he did the he had the theme song for the trailer for the new show the power on uh Star. Oh, wow. that's cool yeah 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 and then uh one of the theme songs for the seattle seahawks so he yeah he's all he's all over the place yeah, well i i personally went i was actually a tour photographer for a couple of years for bone thugs and harmony what yeah dude and i'll tell you what man as a just as an observer, you know, cause I really didn't, I, w- I was more there to work than to, than to play, but certain artists I noticed just, just by seeing the people they, you know, they, that were around. Cause I did uh rock the bells with them and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And bro, man, I don't dude. It's a, uh, and I, I'm not saying you do this, but it, that lifestyle takes a toll. I'm sure, <laughs> you know, oh. There's just like, and, and there's certain times where I was like, how is he singing so perfectly on stage when I just saw him completely smashed in yeah, the yeah. backstage, you know, yeah. like it, it, it's just like uh, almost, it's almost like a, like a, like a superpower that you guys have. You could just perform, you know? And yeah. And I, I mean, when you've sung a song th- 500,000 times, um, <laughs> you know, you can kind of do it with your eyes closed, but I mean, man, I mean, I can't, I don't, we don't, I don't need to get into specific uh, stories, but like when I look back on some of the escapades, you know, we, we, you know, did when, you know, we were back on tour and stuff, you know, I'm, I'm probably lucky to be alive, you know? I mean, <laughs> um, and you're right. I mean, we were, we, we were playing shows five nights a week, six mm-hmm. nights, you know, and every night you're in a bar or a club of, yeah, I mean, you know, and then people want to get you drinks and they want to hang out and, you know, so it's, it can, it can be brutal, man. And, and um, I definitely would, I wouldn't be able to function now, you know, I mean, now that you have, you know, you have a wife and two kids, right? Three, three kids. Three um, <laughs> well, it said on the on the thing you married a Brazilian supermodel, so you did you did all right for yourself. Good. Sir. <laughs> um, do you feel that's going to be tough when you have to go on tour overseas? And because I, I, dude, City Wolf is going to explode. I know it is. It it, 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 it can't not. You know. <laughs> I hope, man. I mean, um, you're I, on that trajectory. I I think um, what. I would have to do is what I can never do again. And I would never want to do again is just like getting into the, in the van and just like beating it on the road, you, you know, playing here, play. Um, I couldn't, I, I, number one, I'd probably die. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife would be pissed cause I was gone, you, you know? So I, it would just have to be selective, you know, 
fly here, play a show here, do, you know, be gone for two, you know, whatnot. And, um, you know, now, like, like you were saying with the streaming services, it's also, there's so many little like micro markets, you know, you can blow up on Spotify, you can blow up on TikTok, TikTok or YouTube, um, or just through licensing, you know, this is the band, they have the song on whatever show, you know, there's so many different ways that are, 10, 15 years ago, it was the radio. Radio, maybe MTV or VH1 when they played videos. I don't even know if they do anymore. Um, so it's even feasible, especially in the licensing world, there, there are some groups that blow up in like Germany, mm-hmm. you know, because um, maybe you're, you're on a show there or, um, you know, for some reason, you know, Spotify, your Spotify Germany numbers are just math, you know, so there's, it's just so different now, you know? Um, Absolutely. Um, What do you think about physical media? Do you, is your, you know, management company going to be investing in like CDs or or vinyl or anything like that? Or are you guys going to be strictly streaming? Man, I, I, I think just streaming. I mean, maybe if it, if it got to a certain level, we could make some, some hard copy vinyl or something to sell mm-hmm. as you know, that's always cool. But um, I think it's become more of a novelty now than anything. It's a novelty. And what's crazy is when you go into like a target or a Walmart, the music section is like this big, right? It's like Taylor Swift, Drake and, and lady antebellum lady a or whatever. You, that's it. it it's, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, um, I don't think, the generations, I mean, we remember CDs. We, we've, we're the generation that experienced both, right? Mm-hmm. Pre-internet and internet, um, pre-computer cell phone and post. So we remember CDs. Yeah. I just don't even think the, the younger generations, it's even on their radar, something physical. I have to go over here. I can't listen to the song until I go over here and buy it. Then I have to come home, you know. That was the experience, though. I mean, yeah. I, re- I remember when I was 18, I, I stood outside the FYE or, or warehouse music or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I was waiting for like that new Eminem CD to drop yeah. and I would buy it and, and you'd have it in your hand or the new corn album, you know, because yeah. there, was, there was a few albums that I'm like, I had to like ditch school to go buy that day. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and it was almost like a, a sense of accomplishment to own that piece of musical history for yourself, you know? But yeah, like the, the album art, the 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 um the booklet, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, it was all it was all part of it. Yeah, I remember buying I remember buying Dookie when it first came out. Green Day, and, yep. And um and I remember I had the poster on my wall, the the jet, and uh let me see uh Stone this is more like junior high, but like Stone Temple Pilots. Mm-hmm. Um filter yeah it, it was a little more t- just tangible back then i felt more visceral you know um i don't even think my kids would know how to put a cd in they probably well because dvds but mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I think i don't know i like cds man i i I guess I'm stuck in my old ways, but uh, i i do primarily listen to most of my music obviously i, I mentioned to you uh prior well how you know how i discovered you was you know i was on title and i you know obviously on on those streaming services it gives you suggested artists yeah and you popped up and i was just blown away you know i was blown away and i'm i'm like who is this guy you know i gotta find him so i I super stalked you and i found you on facebook and (laughs) and dude you gotta come on my show man i want to i want to interview you um and you, you know what you you're I had a feeling you were to be super cool, you know, and you are obviously. Um, but dude, I, I'm just like, like I said, I'm so excited for the future for you. And the fact that, you know, this new direction you're going in, and I know we touched a little bit about this before the show, but uh, this, this new style of music that's, that's kind of emerging uh, that has a lot of that, uh, you know, yeah, New Orleans vibe to it. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the twang yeah. and that, and that, you know, that beat, that steady yeah. beat. Yeah. And there's so much in that goes into it. So many instruments and so much production and obviously the vocals and, and all that. Um, do you, do you feel that genre 
is going to be is going to stand the test of time or do you think it's going to continue to evolve? I feel like it's. um, Yeah, it does harken back to and, you know, you mentioned grandson, I'd say like like rag and bone man. Um, There is something kind of timeless in there that's almost like you said, like that old like uh, New Orleans blues kind of dirty down down by the river, you, you know. I don't know. And I don't know what that is. Like when I sit down, because when, when we were writing the new songs for my solo stuff, the A&R guy at position, she said that too. He said, he said, he said, man, these are sounding like, and he started referencing the same kind of things. And, and, and I was like, man, yeah, it, it does really. And what's interesting is I don't sit down and try, try to do that. Right. It's, kind of, it's kind of just how it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my range is enough that I can stack my vocals too. So I can do a really cool like choir uh, kind of hums and O's, you know, under my vocal. Um, and there's tons of that on way more on this, on this new stuff. Um, I'm, I'm going to send you a couple tracks that are, you're going to, you're, you're going to like. Sweet. Yeah. I, I look forward to that. Well, I also feel that your voice is also, um, matured and evolved since your uh project with thriving ivory oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i i feel that uh there's there's experience to it now you know there's like that age and experience where you know i mean nobody's voice stays the same throughout their whole life you know and now right you're almost 40 so i think this is a good entry point to and it's like i said it's a good time to uh, put out creative stuff because everybody right now is on their phone at home. Yeah. Consuming, just consuming content, you know, and I've actually seen a lot of people, you know, take your song and use it and stuff like that. And you're on music bed as well, right? Yes. So, um, that's through position. Yeah. Cause position partners with music bed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a licensing agreement with uh, obviously with Music Bed uh, because it's so hard to find good music for because a, a lot of the stuff I do, I do actually like reviews and stuff like that of audio equipment and I need music, you know, filler music uh, to, to fill in the, the in the middle of the video. And man, it, it's just so hard to find really good music. So I, I found Music Bed and I found Epidemic Sound and stuff like that. And I do. I, I do um, that's so funny. I do. um I do vocals for Epidemic, so do you really? it's not under my name, though. Yeah. Oh man, you're gonna you're gonna have to on the download. You have to share it with I'll, me. I'm gonna you'll you'll trip out because um, they're super nice people over there. They they really like my my voice and my vibe. Um, sure. and I I didn't want to muddy the waters. You know, I'm trying to keep City Wolf City Wolf, and um, so I I just do vocals for them. It's cool. I don't have to write anything. They just send me stuff, and I you just um, bring it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, there's some tracks floating around out there that sound nothing like City Wolf, but it's my voice. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, it, it's there's so many different, like you said, there's so many different like little micro markets right. now that you can get your music into. And right. uh, you you were named uh, VH1's um, uh, was it breakout artist or? Uh, the, see, and I don't I don't even think they do this anymore. Uh, but they used to have a thing called VH1. You ought to know. Okay, you ought to know. That's right. And it was cool. It, 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 they like they would swoop you up. They would have all the, these little commercial spots with the band. They would highlight your video. They would show that you'd be in an interview, and um, it was an awesome like springboard for us mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, that just kind of kicked off the the whole thing. Yeah. So if you were watching VH1 at six a.m. or, or eleven p.m. when they showed videos, you saw our video. Dude, do you miss that? Do you miss the old MTV days where we, we can? Yeah, you know, man. When you, when you, oh, when I got home from high school, let me see. Yeah, three o'clock. That's when they, that's, I mean, that was TRL, right? That's when they would start playing videos, right? Yeah, TRL. Um, you know, Carson Daly that never ages. Yeah, what's going on there? Uh, he's not human, dude. <laughs> he kind of got that serial killer stare, too. He really does. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I do. I, I miss videos. It, it, it was, kind of the other half of the band, you know, you had the, the, the record um, and then the video, which kind of told the visual story. Like 
uh, and some of those are like etched into your memory too. Like I could say, okay, video for Pearl Jam, Jeremy, boom. I, I can see it right, right. You know, remember seeing those videos and I was like, whoa, you know, um, yeah, man. Can, can, we, can we expect any videos from your, from the EP or from the future March release? Pro, uh, yeah, probably my solo stuff. So that's okay. going to not like, like early summer. Wait, is this going to be separate from city wolf? No, no, it's just going to be, it's going to be, okay. it'll be my, okay. it's my kind of, kind of my, my second record, but this one is going to, is with position. Um, it's a much bigger company, um, bigger push. And I, and I, I feel like the songs on this one are kind of next, next level for me, at least I feel like, you know, sticking with the same genre though, or, or just kind of kind of going getting, further, getting deeper into the muddy waters on this one. Oh, nice, dude. I'm so excited for this because like I said, every song on that EP slaps, dude. It's so good. And, and I can't say that about a lot of things, you know, even, even with grandson, which I'm a huge fan of their stuff. There's certain songs I'm like, oh, skip, skip, you know, like, but with, and I hope they don't see this or hear this. I'm so sorry, grandson. But But yeah, with, with your EP, man, I was like, there's no way this guy has just killed it all the way around. Uh, how long ago did you uh, did you record that? When did you start City? You started City Wolf a few years ago, right? Uh, 2019. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and um, yeah, the, those songs, I mean, I feel like now with this new stuff, I'm way more painstaking with getting everything right. Those we kind of just, I did with the producer and we sent to the, to Riptide, we sent to the label and that was it. Um, with position, their A&R process, it's, it's like a real A&R process, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the A&R team is great over there. So we, and like I said, Tim Myers and another guy named Chad Copeland, um, the producers I'm working with, um, kind of like are veterans in the sync licensing space. Mm-hmm. And so, um, doing it, working with them is also, I feel like kind of lifting my game because it's kind of showing me there's a trick to writing something that is genuine, but will also work for sync licensing. Okay. Sure. Cause you can't just come out, you know, uh, with a song called let's go get them, you, you know, and it, 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 there is, like you said, you've looked for licensing music. There's stuff like that. Yeah. And, and it's just like, ah, oh, come on, man. I don't want to use this, it, you know? So you, it, you got to walk the fine line of making it sound genuine, but it would also work in some other application like a muse song, right? right. Um, anthemic, big, you know? Um, so, and I'm, I'm getting better and better at, at that. Well, how do, I got a good question since you brought up Muse. How do you feel about this new emerging genre now that kind of goes back to the 80s style retro vibe? Because Muse's latest album is like, it, it could have been the soundtrack for Stranger Things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it literally has that old retro synthy vibe. Yeah. You- See, you know what's crazy is, I, I mean, I, I think Stranger Things kind of kicked off that that nostalgia wave. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that soundtrack is, is dope. Just who, I don't know who does the stranger things soundtrack, but it's, but it's sick. Um, but I think it's kind of always been there. I I remember when, when the, when the killers first came out, Mm -hmm. listening to their first record, I'm being like, this is like, this is the cars. It's basically, it's the cars with it's and it sounds a little bit better. Um, kind of little, the kind of off key throwaway singing a little bit, uh, you know, yeah. not perfect, um, big synths. Um, so it, it's interesting. I, I think it does kind of bubble up, you know, over, you know, kind of over the years. Would you be open to trying something like that? Some kind of, oh, yeah. I think that would be rad. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, I mean, Cause your voice is very adaptable to whatever yeah. you throw at it, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, man. That, yeah, that'd be super dope. I mean, I love Tears for Fears, Depression oh, yeah. Mode, and uh, I mean, Nine Inch Nails was all, all, almost kind of just a more aggressive, like, Depeche Mode kind of coming mm-hmm. out of that, you know. Actually, I think he may have even produced that first Nine Inch Nails record. 
what's his name from Depeche Mode? I don't know the guy's name. That could have been cool. So how has your fan base from Thriving Ivory, have you gotten any feedback from them for your new City Wolf project? Has there been uh, positive and negative or has there been no, like, any yeah. kind of I wonder, I wonder about that sometimes because I, I feel like if people dig deep enough or keep clicking, eventually they'll find, you know. Um, but no, it's all it's it's all been positive. I, I sometimes I feel like I'm waiting for the negative. Like, mm-hmm. why is your voice so gravelly now? What happened? You, you know. Um, uh, but no, it's it's been positive. I was just reading some comments this morning. People saying, I you know I love how you, the path you're on, or you know. Um, I just see it as kind of like another, a different chapter, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I think that a lot of your fan base, cause I, I was watching a couple of your thriving ivory videos on YouTube and I, I was reading the comments and a lot of them were in like, where are you guys at? You know, when's the next project? Yeah. And they're all anticipating the, yeah. the next step for you guys. And that's always awesome. The, the, the fact that people can rally behind your music and, and support you. And uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's essentially that's probably why a lot of artists, you know, that's the the gift you get is the appreciation of, yeah. the, of the people, you know. For sure, um, and I, I get a kick out of when people message me on Instagram or whatever and and tell me that something means something to them or this song, you know. That's yeah. that that's cool to hear, you know. Um, what'll be what'll be crazy is I can tour a City Wolf and I can cover a Thriving Ivory song. How about that? <laughs> oh, dude, then you're appealing to everybody, you know, because right. yeah. oh, I'm sure a lot of your um, your fans from Thriving Ivory will still support the City Wolf project. You know, I mean, because yeah. it's you, you know, they they it didn't matter what you call it. It's they're supporting, you know, Clayton, you know, yeah. they, they want to see you and um, they want to, you know, engage with your music. But yeah, man, I'm excited for the future and I'm excited for March to see, you know, what comes out. I, I I'm going to, I will promise I will not leak anything to the, to the public that you send me. Yeah. Um, I'll send you a couple jams on the, on the down low. Oh, dude, that'll be so cool. Um, is there anything else that you w- you'd like to tell my audience as far as, uh, upcoming stuff or is there actually, have you talked to, uh, any venues about possible shows in this coming this year or is everything still kind of, kind of like, I, I don't do. know. The only thing I heard was, and this is, I, I try not to watch the, the freaking news. And uh, wow. it's depressing. I definitely don't get my news from social media because that's ridiculous. Right. Um, um, but what I heard, <laughs> I heard that Live Nation was thinking about having some sort of system that that you've got a card or something that shows that you've been vaccinated and then now you can go into the venue. Oh. Um I don't know, man, uh, you know, um, but I know I Well, in fact, one of the co-writers, um, Graham Colton, that I'm working with on this record, he owns a, a, a big 1700 seater venue in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And um, I should ask him there, but they're not open yet, I don't think. Um, but I think you, I think it, I think it's going to be state on the state level. You'll see this will open up then this will open up and. I would probably look into Red Rocks. I think uh, here in Colorado, because I, I live probably thirty minutes from Red Rocks, and uh, and that's a really cool. I don't know. Have you played at Red Rocks yet? That's one. That's one place we we never went. We never, you know. But no, I I know people that have been there. I know it's an amazing venue. Yeah, I was supposed to see. Um, God, what are they called? They're that South African really weird group. Um, uh, South African. Yeah, you know the with the the girl with the blonde weird hair and they look they look weird and. Oh 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 oh, oh. yeah! So she's got paint on her face. Oh my god! Why can't I think of their name? I, I'm like such a bad musical. No 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 no! Sophie Tucker. No 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 no! Uh, it's like they're like a rap like a South African rap group. Oh, they were I, on that. They were on that oh, movie yeah. Chappie. I know who you're talking about. And the, and the Antwoord. Yes. The Antwoord. When I saw I saw them perform on Letterman, and I thought it was a, I thought it was a gag, right? Um, and even they were panning over to Letterman, and he was like, <laughs> "Because she does her thing, and then the guy comes on, and he reminded me of like Ali G, of like um, right, 
he's he's like got the chain. He's like, yo, I'm gonna, you, you know. And I'm, <laughs> I was like, what? That's crazy. You were gonna go see that? Okay, all right. Yeah, well, because a couple of friends of mine from work, they're like, hey, we're gonna go see the Antwerp. You want to go? I'm like, okay, this is something I should at least see once in my life, just to kind of get the experience. Because I mean. If anything, they can probably put on a good show, you know, like, I mean, it'd be, it'd be enter, entertaining. Yeah. I mean, their music is, is what it is. She was the girl. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 I mean, the music is what it is, but, uh, you know, I, I, I like some of their stuff, but I, I think it would be more for the, for the, for the entertainment value. And just when the darkness, when the darkness came out, I, Mm -hmm. I, the same thing. I, I was like, is this a, like, is this real? But then the more I listened to it, I was like, this is, this is badass. Like mm-hmm. it's like straight ahead, like <laughs> power rock. Um, and I haven't seen them. My brother's seen them twice and their, their shows were are apparently like epic. Um, I don't, I don't think they're, they're around anymore. I don't know. So my, I think my final question will be before we, before we end it um, is let's say everything, let's say the trajectory happens and and you become the next big thing are you are you ready are you ready for it you do you really this is this is what you want um what's i'm talking i'm talking mainstream you know what's different now again like i i for your listeners sake i don't want to get into specific uh stories of debauchery but like i i look back on like my 20s and it's like, you know what, if we would have had more success, because we were kind of on that fine line, right? Like song was in the top 20, we're opening for some big bands, we're playing shows, 500 people, a thousand, you know. I almost feel like if we would have had more success, I, like I joke, but that like I, I would have keeled over somewhere. Like you would have found me, in, well, you know. It's the it's the byproduct of, of the lifestyle, you know. It, it, it's yeah. and, crazy yeah and, and and so i'm thankful that it panned out the way that it did because i got to have that experience um i got to have the experience of of having a family having more of a normal life you know now for for several years that i feel like what's happening now and whatever success may happen in the future my, my perspective is so different and I would appreciate it more and be um, much more grounded. You know, like I said, my wife would probably smother me in the night if she found out I was taken off for six weeks. You, you know, you don't, uh, want to, you don't want to mess with it. I'm, I'm, I'm Hispanic, dude. You don't want to mess with any Hispanic okay. woman. Yeah, because, dude. Hell hath no fury like a Hispanic woman scorns. So oh, oh, um, yeah. I'm sure you've already learned that with with your with your uh uh, tenure is, is in marriage, but, um, so let's say you go, okay. Let's say you go on tour under, under your terms, you know, which would be very, very controlled, you know, uh, just gig to gig, uh, you fly there, you come back, you know, who would be someone I think that you would, you feel like you would vibe with as touring with, you know, another band. Dude. I would love to tour with Muse. <laughs> really? But you know what, though? I saw them. They might be a band that just doesn't have openers. I remember when I, I saw them in San Francisco and they didn't have an opener. Um, oh. Yeah, Muse would be awesome. Um, you mentioned you mentioned Grandson. Um, sometimes it is cool to tour with a band that's the genre's kind of melt, but it's slightly different. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, because the uh, crowd gets a little bit, of, a little bit of variety, you know. Yeah, like, um, shoot, man, I don't know. I'd have to think. I'd have to think on that, it, dude. It'd be cool to open up for like a Matchbox Twenty or something, something that was a very mainstream audience, but you're doing something that's slightly a little alternative, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so. Right on. Oh, yeah, that list would be a mile long. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, there's more emerging every day. More people wanting to to do music and make music, um, and it's an industry that's never going to go away, which is good. You know, which is great. I, I don't think so. And, and uh, with, like you said, with with the, the the demand for content, especially over the last year, everybody's home, right? 
Mm-hmm. So the demand for music, I think, um, is going to parallel the the boom in content on you know your Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, Hulu. Um, there's gonna they're they're gonna need a soundtrack for all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's another way that that which is kind of the route I'm going down that a lot of bands blow up. You know, it's like I'm. You know what was it? Oh, that band Fun, right? I'd never heard of those guys, and then all of a sudden, I was watching the was it a Red Bull commercial tonight, and the car is jumping, right? Mm-hmm. You know that kind of stuff. That, that I'll tell you what. There's so many times that I'll watch a trailer, you know, uh, wow. before a movie, or watch a trailer on on TV, <clears throat> and I'll grab my phone and Shazam it because I like oh, the song, you know. Totally. Yep. So that that's another thing, like you know, trailer music. Um, yeah, you know, like you said, you know, uh, sporting events or American Ninja Warrior type stuff. You know, there's an opportunity for for all that stuff. And I don't you know. know what? That's what I'm gonna. Uh, that's what I'm gonna send you. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna send you something. Um, I teamed up with uh, a production duo called Black Hydra. Mm-hmm. Me, Easy McCoy, and Black Hydra, and um, they did the trailer for the trailer music for the new Batman trailer. So no way. I think they, yeah, so they released. I think there's only been one trailer, and it came out in like the fall mm-hmm. um, for the new Batman with Robert Pattinson. So go check that out because I did a song with them. So it's it's like a trailer. Oh, it's, a, it's a cover. That song's a cover from uh, yeah. Nirvana. Yeah, it was them. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they, I couldn't I couldn't find the song anywhere. Yeah, so they got the clearance from Courtney Love, I, I guess, and um and and did that trailer so you can hear what they sound like. So that's something I'm dipping into too I'll, I'll send you that song sweet all right bro it was really nice talking to you uh thank you so much for being on the show um, yeah. you know it, it it you know taking the time and, and hanging out with me dude this was great dude I Anytime, really- man. yeah when when uh when the album comes out in march and then my my the solo one in like maybe may um we, let's do this again. And then yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And for the audience that uh, wants to hear his music, it's going to be coming up right after this. So just stay tuned. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Thanks again, Clayton, for being on the show. Anytime.